Hi, I'm Pam, and I would like to welcome you to the Live Authentically show. My team and I help other people step into their authentic realities, and we do this a number of different ways. This show is obviously one of them. We have a Facebook group of like-minded people committed to spiritual growth and transformation, and we'd love to have you join us at liveauthentically.today slash FB. Also, I have my first book out, SOAR, S-O-A-R, it's on Amazon and shows how I partnered with the universe to create my new reality. So I'm super excited about that. And I am super excited about our guest today. We have Michelle Chalfant with me. Hey, Michelle. Hi. Hi, Pamela. How Thanks are you? so much for having me on. I'm wonderful. Good. Good. Wonderful. How are you? On the show. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I'm super excited. So we have a great show. <clears throat> quick bio. I'm going to read part of your bio here. Sure. Which is super impressive. Yeah. Michelle is a therapist, holistic life coach, author, podcaster, motivational speaker, and developer of the adult chair, a transformational model of self-realization that helps people across the globe, discover who they are, become unstuck and improve their relationships and develop self-love. So I love that so much, uh, so much good stuff to get into there. But before mm -hmm. we do, I would love to have you answer the same question that I ask all of my guests. All right. Is how do you live authentically every day? Mm. That is one of my missions as well. And my passions is to live authentically. Such a great question. How do I live authentically every day? I would say I do my very best. And remember, we're all human. So I, but I do strive and set the intention every day to be present to speak up with clarity and with truth. Um, and I also really strive to do my personal work and to look at my stuff that's coming up. So if I'm triggered, I own those triggers. I take responsibility. I apologize when I need to apologize. So that is how I live authentically. I really live, um, whatever's going on on the inside, I put it on the outside of myself is what I would say. That kind of sums it up, I guess. Thank you. I love that. So yeah. what, was there a particular moment, like a heart awakening catalyst or, you know, just something in your life that sparked you to say, Hey, you know what? I want to do life differently. You know, what's interesting is my whole life. I've been a seeker. I don't remember not being drawn to these, you know, any sort of spiritual book. I was always drawn to spirituality or energy medicine, but also to therapy and wanting to understand why people did what they did and how people did, why did they do that? And then how do you do it? So for example, um, I remember hearing on Oprah way back when, when she had a television show, so years and years ago, and Dr. Phil had said, um, well, that, oh, excuse me. She had Dr. Phil on her show before he had his own show. And they were talking to someone that was from the audience. And he said, you know, you really need to love yourself. I remember he said this to this woman, you need to love yourself. And I was like on the edge of my seat. I was like, here we go. Yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. But he never said how, and that, and I was like, but how, you know, I remember I was probably in my twenties when I heard him say that and I was like, but wait, how do you do that? So for me, again, I've always had this, like, I've been on this journey, this quest, like, how do we live life better? How do we do life better? But I remember that moment of watching him say that. And I'm like, I'm going to figure this out because I want to live like that. I want to live inside out. 
And so I would guess sometime really in my twenties, um, probably in my twenties would be when I really decided that I was going to change how I showed up in the world, not change, but step more into myself, into my true self, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I love that you talked about self-love. I'd love to dive deeper there because that is such an important concept that I believe, you know, that we aren't taught. I know I don't yeah. that whole idea of self-love taking care of yourself, prioritizing, nourishing your mind, body, and spirit. Like I was kind of a late bloomer in that department. I think I was kind of late to the party. I mean, I'd also argue that it's never too late to start, but no, I joke that I totally, like I put myself last for years. I had four kids within seven years. Oh my gosh. A couple pregnancy losses that, you know, grief made, you know, those years a lot more challenging and Um, I put myself last. So I joke that I was like, I looked like those moms that they look for on the makeover shows, like, you know, running your phone, no makeup, (laughs) like, oh, we totally want to work with her. And I, you know, the model that I was following was totally upside down. You know, I was taking care Mm -hmm. of everyone else and everything else first Mm -hmm. and taking care of myself. And so I was getting just, I was exhausted and frustrated and stressed and eventually just ended up getting, you know, burnt out in the process. And Mm -hmm. I lot to undo there. You know, for me, I had this whole idea. It was, I just felt guilty for putting myself first, right. Yeah. So I took care of everyone and everything else, but then I got to a point where my pitcher was empty. So I was trying to pour from an empty pitcher and you know, that model works for a little while, but it has an expiration date. So would love to hear you talk about this whole idea of self-love, why mm-hmm. it's important and also how people can design a lifestyle around self-love. Well, and I agree with you. I don't think that there's a, a you know, a manual for self-love and that's one of the reasons actually. So let me back up a little bit. My life also, it sounds, I didn't have four kids. <laughs> I've only had two kids, but my life was very much one of um, codependency. When I think about my life, it was like, let me take care of you. I don't even know what's going on inside of me. Let me just make sure you're okay. And then if there's any energy left, maybe I'll check in with myself. So I've been on a healing journey most of my life. Again, like I said, I'm a seeker, but really I wanted to learn. I got to learn how to fill myself up and get healthy. And it was around that same time when I was watching Oprah, I said to myself, I got to figure out how, how do we love ourselves? I keep, I kept reading books again, saying you need to love yourself, but how, so I went on this journey of how do we do this? Like it's, yes, we can do these things like affirmations that are wonderful and all these kinds of things. So after my journey, after gosh, probably 20 years of this journey of mine that I've been on, I, and I became a therapist and I became a life coach and I've been certified in probably everything under the sun. Um, I developed this model and it's called the adult chair. And within this model is this living authentically and self-love model, really, it's kind of built within it. So um, that's really where my whole idea of self-love comes from is this whole adult chair, because what I realized along the way is we also don't know how to live as emotionally healthy adults, like really healthy adults. Where's that manual? You know, I was like, where's that? Like, Okay. And you know, it's kind of like when people say you need to to set a boundary and you live, you need to love authentically and you need to love yourself. How? So I provide the how with everything adult chair. Um, so I think I answered part of your question. So that was part of my journey. So I kind of cobbled together and it's based on many teachers and mentors and my own personal work. 
This is how you love yourself. So a big part of what my, in my own personal work and what I teach is the way that we need to learn how to love ourselves is we've got to get to know what's on the inside. We need to know what's going on inside of us. And so many of us are not aware. We don't know that we're taking care of other people or just, it's just how we are. You know, we're moms or we're taking care of our parents or that's just how we live in general. So what we want to start doing is raising our awareness to what I'm doing and what's my intention behind it. Am I living for other people or am I living for myself? And something that I think is the foundation for healing is really working with our inner child. We all have these little inner kids inside of us that contain so much wisdom and, and it's the foundation for our healing because within that inner child part, we have, this is where our true emotions are, our true feelings. Most of us don't know what those are. This is where our true emotional needs are. Again, we don't know what our needs are. When you're caretaking for kids or parents or siblings or other friends, we are void of our own needs. So how do we know? Like, what are our needs? We don't even know what those are. So within the inner child, you get in touch with true emotions, true needs, passion. You know, many people I work with say, I don't know what my passion is. I don't, I've lost myself. That inner child, you start working with that part, this beautiful energy comes out and all of a sudden you realize what your passion is, intimacy and, and vulnerability. When you can get in touch with all these beautiful things and reconnect with that part of yourself, what I found started to happen was this, um, it's like I started to like myself. I started to like who I was. I started to acknowledge all of these things. And my whole vision with who I was started to change. And it was the vo some of the voices inside. I really believe we have many parts inside of us, whether it be a perfectionist part or a codependent part, um, whatever. When you start getting in touch with all of these voices inside of us and these inner parts, and you get to know them, everything start to, starts to change. How you see yourself starts to change. So it's not, a, it's not a, um, a linear sort of concept that we love ourselves where sort of like when you have an Advil, you take, or excuse me, when you have a headache, you take an Advil and it's gone in 20 minutes. It's not linear. It's more of a spiritual approach because you work on, you work with your inner child, you get in touch with your emotions. And all of a sudden you start feeling different inside. You get in touch with your needs. You feel different inside. You start working with a part that's a caretaker everything start, started to morph for me. So it can be a quick process with awareness, mm -hmm. but it's like a, it's like a beautiful surprise. Like all of a sudden I realized my thoughts had changed. The negative self-talk had changed. Um, I really started becoming my own best cheerleader. And I'm like, this is so weird how this is happening, but I was doing my inner work. So that's a long story longer, but that's, really the process of how we love ourselves is getting in touch with what's going on inside and all these beautiful inner parts. But the key part is that inner child, I think. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And so I'd like to expand on something that you've touched on a couple of times throughout your explanation of the prior question. And that's this whole idea of, you know, you used inner voice, um, self-talk, and mm -hmm. that is such an important part of it. So I think yeah. Times we just we don't talk to ourselves kindly. We wouldn't yeah. say the things that we say to ourselves to other people. So yeah. can you give me some real life examples, like some real practical examples of you know what does dialogue sound like that isn't healthy and mm -hmm. isn't productive? And yeah. Then what does you know healthy self talk dialogue sound like? 
You mean how, how do you correct your self-talk dialogue or just what does it sound like? Yeah. 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 After and totally from one to the other. Sure. So we all have an inner critic. If you're human, you have an inner critic. It's a part of the ego. Um, that's going to come in and it's going to judge self. So it's going to say things like, why would you want to go back to school? You're too old. You've run out of time. Or why would you accept an invitation to that party? Like what's wrong with you? Nobody really likes you anyway. You know, it's that part that's so hard on us and says, we're not good enough and says, um, we shouldn't do this or we shouldn't do that because of all these reasons. So Typically what humans do is we turn away from that part and we do our best to numb that part. We try to ignore it. And what happens is it gets louder. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do instead is we want to look at that part because it's a part of us and we want to get to know it. So what I suggest is that we turn toward that voice. We get to know that voice. You write it down. You can draw a picture of who the heck is speaking to you. What does that voice look like? Oftentimes it's got an image and all the clients I've worked with, you know, sometimes they'll say it looks like a blue blob or it looks like me when I was 10 or 15, or that's weird. It looks like if it's a woman, they might say it looks like a a masculine figure. I'm like, go with it, whatever, but get to know it. And you ask that part of you, what do you want me to know? Because it's trying to get your attention. It's sort of like a child that's pulling on your sweater saying, Hey, mommy, mommy, can you, can you listen to me? And what we do, we don't want to do this because then of course the kid gets louder. We want to turn toward and say, what do you want me to know? How can I help you? We listen to that voice. It is crazy how this happens and the voice changes. And you also let that voice know, thank you so much for sharing. Just wanted to let you know, I'm an adult and I'm X number of years old, however old you are today, let that part know because they don't know how old that you really are. That part thinks we are always younger. That part thinks that we don't know what we're doing. So when we let them know, Hey, I wanted you to know, you know, I'm 40 years old. I have a child. I'm married, whatever you want to say about your current life. That part starts to get quiet. It's pretty magical. I love working with the inner parts. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's a fascinating. Yeah. Approach. Yeah. So what, does, um, what does healthy self-talk dialogue sound like? How should we be, you know, uh, you know, when we yeah. talk about self-love, what does that, what should we be saying to ourselves? Yeah. Well, we want to say supportive statements. So for example, let's just pretend, you know, I'm 40 years old. And I'd like to go back to school and get my master's. Let's just say mm-hmm. that inner critic might come in and say, well, you're too old. Like you're 40. Why would you want to go back? What we want to do is become conscious and find that healthy adult version of self, that person that we are today. That's what I call living in the adult chair. It's like, what does your adult say? Your healthy adult, the healthy adult might say, you go for it. You're amazing. You've got this. Of course you can do it. It doesn't matter how old you are. And the more we practice speaking to ourselves as if we are our best cheerleaders, the more that voice becomes the norm, the more that voice just comes in more automatically, but we need to be conscious about it, not force it, but we want to reach for the thoughts that feel good to us. And when that inner critic comes up, we can say, after we've talked to it a few times, thank you so much. I hear you, but I'm going to choose this instead. I've got this. And then the inner critic can go, oh, oh, all right. You're in charge. 
I didn't know. I'll let you handle it. So then we can cheerlead ourselves and say, of course, go to that party. People like you. Or maybe you get invited to a party and you don't know anybody. And the inner critic might say, you don't want to do that. You're going to get judged. And then the, again, from your adult, you might say, yeah, but I just, I don't know these people. People are usually kind. I'm going to go give it a shot. I'm going to try this out. This feels good to me. I'm excited to go. So that's more of the self-talk. It's cheerleading who you are. It's cheerleading yourself and your choices. Yeah, and I love how I can I can definitely see how it's you know taking the unconscious, like you said, and making it conscious, right? Making yes choice. And it really is, you know, at least for me and the way that I I coach and teach people is it's a moment to moment practice of training the mind, right? Yeah. And I think that you know it's you're, you've never like arrived. I feel like it's a daily practice. It's something that we're all still working towards, and we all have thoughts of fear and doubt that creep in, but we can catch them sooner, right? And yes, like disallow the law of attraction from building on and garnering momentum around those negative thoughts, and, mm-hmm. and replace it consciously, replace it with a thought that moves, you know, that moves us forward. But it really is a conscious practice. It's a moment-to-moment practice of training the mind, as you know, and asking. Yeah you know, that thought, how does that thought serve me? Right. It's like a decision tree, right. You know, does that, Yeah. Me? no, it doesn't. Okay. You know, deal yeah. with it. You put it aside, deal with it. And then choose a thought that moves you forward. A thought that is more productive and healthy and transformative. Yeah. I think, I think that we forget that we have a choice because yeah. we're really like, I think of humans as robots because we're programmed, you know, the first six years of our life of our lives is where we get the roadmap for which we live as adults, which is insane to me, but that's how we live. And it's very unconscious, you know, how we get up every day, you know, we get up, we do whatever we use the bathroom, we meditate, we feed the dog, the cat, we get the kids to school. And then we do that, you know, there's not much thought, there's not much consciousness. So when those thoughts come in, we forget when the negative thoughts or the inner critic comes in, we we forget that we can go, wait, pause, pause. (laughs) I'm going to say this, I'm choosing this thought. We have the ability to choose and we get to choose this thought instead of these thoughts. So it's getting in the habit of being conscious and aware and choosing thoughts that empower us instead of disempower us. Yeah. And it is so, so powerful. I mean, like I said, I kind of stumbled upon this stuff through a transformative life experience, you know, probably in my thirties, but you know, I think like how different my life would have been if I knew all this early on, which is why I'm teaching my kids, you know, yeah. I'm, teaching them, I'm like intercepting thoughts and helping them to reframe them. And we do that all the time. In fact, my son, Johnny plays hockey and he had a game a couple of weeks ago. And the day before the game, he said something like he was in like an uncharacteristically grumpy mood. He's like my like go with the flow, like just easygoing, you know, doesn't really ever give any pushback kid, but yeah, he was just a little tired and a little cranky that day. And I said something about like one of my like shiny statements, like, oh, I believe that life is always rigged in my favor. And, you know, he chimes in from the other room, like, I believe that life is rigged against me or something like that. I'm like, (laughs) I took the opportunity to sit down with him and like, teach him that, you know, your words have power. And that's the story, you know, your life is going to play out according to the story you're telling yourself. So I said, how about if we choose a different story? Why don't you start today and start telling yourself a different story? So what do you next day, he had a hockey game in the morning. Next day, he happens to be like in front of the net and placed himself right in front of the net. One of his teammates took a shot. It actually bounced off of his skate. I thought he actually, he tried to shoot it, but I, yeah. but but so anyways, it bounced off of his skate into the goal. And then afterwards, after the game, I said to him, so 
is life rigged in your favor or not? You know what I said? Wow. What a great like, teaching opportunity. I love that. Thanks. So he started to like, he's starting to put the pieces together and see how, you know, you change your mindset. You can totally transform your life. For sure. For sure. It's really sad to me that, that kids don't know this in school. Like I wish we taught this in elementary school and middle and high school. I remember I have older kids there in their their early twenties. One just turned 21 and the other one's 24, but, um, their friends had come over. I can't remember. It was my, it was my older son's friends had come over quite a few years ago. I think they might've been freshmen in college and they were sitting with me and I was, the kids would love to talk to me because, you know, I'm a therapist and they would, Oh, tell me, Mrs. Shelfa, you know, let's talk. Okay. What's going on. And they're like, well, I'm really anxious. You know, I don't really like college. This is why well, what's going on. And they started telling me the voices in my heads are really mean to me. And my head is are really mean to me. I'm like, wait a minute tell me more. And it was giving them anxiety. And I said, it's just your inner critic. That's it. And they said, well, I know, but no one else has this. I said, everybody does. Mm -hmm. You know, what else can you say to yourself? What else can you say? You don't have to listen. But again, I taught them turn toward it and then pick a new thought. Mm -hmm. Oh, everybody has this. They were shocked. Pamela shocked. And I thought, how that's so empowering for a kid to learn. Everybody has these thoughts Our go-to because of our ego. The ego is based in fear. It's going to give us a negative thought. It just does. But we also have consciousness. We can balance it out and even be stronger in consciousness with choice and choice of thought. So powerful, but I love that example with your son. That's an awesome one. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So what is, I can tell how passionate you are about what you do. It's- I love it exudes, uh, you know, every <laughs> your entire energy field. Um, Thank you. So, um, what is, what lights you up the most? What is the part of your, of what you do that just, you know, sets your soul on fire? Transformation. No doubt about it. Like I love, I love to work with people and watch them transform. I just, everything I do, I realize because I have worked so hard on myself and, you know, working with clients for so many years and now working with bigger groups. Now it's like, I love, like when I do an adult chair event and then to have someone come up at the end and they're like, you have changed my life. Thank you. I'm like, Oh, it just, it doesn't, it feeds my soul. It doesn't hit my ego at all. Honestly. I'm like, it brings me to tears all the time, but I love transformation. Yeah. Transformation for sure. Yeah. I can. And I agree with you. I mean, I can totally identify with that. Like I, my clients and people that I interact with move into tears all the time. And I'm not yes. afraid to talk about it. Cause it's just, it is, it's soul stirring. You know, it, you, it definitely it is a soul level. Yeah. And, um, it's really amazing to partner with someone, you know, walk alongside them as they awaken, as they heal themselves. So hundred percent. I love it. Yeah. And how about the flip side of that? What is the most challenging aspect of what you do? Ooh, um, I would say it's the opposite of that when some, oh, I actually just cried about this this morning. I was brought to tears. Um, I was actually speaking to a friend that's a beautiful spiritual healer. She's a beautiful healer. She's a therapist, but very spiritual, um, spiritual meaning like energy medicine, you know, not religious, but spiritual. Anyway, she was talking about herself and I, I got teary-eyed. I said, you don't see yourself. So when people can't see who they are, and none of us can, it's difficult. We need others to reflect who we are. But 
she was saying something about herself and not being ugly about herself, but yeah, I don't think that's me. And I don't know why it tears were brought to my eyes. And I said, you don't see yourself and I'm, I'm going to, you know, see, I'm going to work with you. So you got to help you to see yourself. And I just reflected back all the things I loved about her. And then she started to cry and it's like, oh my gosh, but that's the hardest thing for me is when someone is so stuck believing their mind or that ego part that is being mean and we're stuck in our shame and we're stuck in our whatever part. And, um, that hurts me. Cause I'm like, I don't, I believe anybody can heal. So, and transform. So that would be the hardest thing for me is when someone is that stuck and they just can't find their way out, which doesn't happen often, but sometimes people are that it's like, we're in the dark. It's like, we're in a dark room and they can't find the light switch, you know? Mm-hmm. I do now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's hard for me. It is hard. Yeah, it is. And I, I can relate to that as well. And um, and sometimes there's just years and years worth of programming to undo, right? And you just take some time to unpack and then yep. rewire, right? like rewire the neural pathways to think differently. And exactly. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I just noticed the time we've a, f- a half hour has just flown by. So we have another minute or two to kind of wrap up, but yeah, I want to give you the floor here to talk about anything that you would like to, whether you want to talk about something specific to your practice, share your information on how people can get in contact with you. Yeah. So what I would love to share with everybody, because um, the holidays are coming and every year this gets to, this is a very stressful time of year with, um, holidays, holiday parties, triggering is off the chart during the holiday season. So every year I have put together what's called the 30 day journaling challenge, where you get a journaling prompt emailed to you every single day for the whole month of November. It's to help people to really stay connected to themselves and transform. I write new ones every year, hundred percent free. People can just go to theadultchair.com forward slash 30 days. And that's three O D A Y S. So theadultchair.com forward slash 30 days, and they can sign up for it there. And it starts on November 1st. People love this. We've done it four years in a row. And I'm honored again to help people to do this because um, we need help, you know, and we want to transform and sometimes we don't know how, and that's what these prompts are all about. So um, yeah, so it's, yeah. And, um, what else do I want to tell people? Everything that I do is at theadultchair.com. I have a podcast called the adult chair. And again, I just teach people how to be healthy adults. And we talk about everything from codependency and anxiety to a lot about relationship issues and making your relationship, not just with other people, but with yourself stronger. And, um, yeah, that's about it. Just theadultchair.com. Everything is right there. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I so appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. This was wonderful. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Yeah. To all of our viewers and listeners, I appreciate you. As you know, by now, I believe that time is a choice and I am grateful that you've carved time out of your day to be here to listen Mm -hmm. to everything that Michelle has had to share with us. Thanks everyone and have a great day and an amazing weekend. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,